What's up, everybody? You are now tuning in and listening to Cedric, Chris, Dempsey, and Justin, and we are the men of the year, your mama's favorite group of men streaming on all major podcast platforms. So please subscribe to Men of the Year Pod for the latest content and leave a positive rating and review and let us know how we're doing. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Men of the Year Pod. And if you have questions, suggestions, need advice, or want us to discuss a specific topic, feel free to email us at menoftheyearpod at yahoo.com or shoot us a message on social media. We appreciate you and we thank you for joining us. Let's get to the episode. Men of the Year, Men of the Year, Men of the Year, Men of the Year. Hey, what's up, fellas? What's, what's up? Going on? What is goody goody in the house, man? We finally made it what's to up, the fellas? end of the week. What's good, man? Hey, hey. doctor, doctor, F- F- fellas, y'all, y'all might not know this. Y'all ain't gonna know this, but he's gonna know this. I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop some some quick bars from from G Chan a little bit. Two oh, words: college life coming up, split in the real life. About time, time to live it up. This boy was snapping. Yeah, that was a true statement, though. <laughs> yeah. that, that was that was that was nice. <laughs> I was like, damn, this dude going bananas right now. <laughs> When was that from? Oh man, it was a it was a track we did like way back in the day. Yeah, man. early college, yeah. probably eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, we were like eighteen or nineteen. No, um, no, that's what's up, you guys. We have ourselves a very special guest on today's episode. He's a he's a loving husband. He's a soon to be girl dad. He's a great doctor, and he's an even better friend. We have Mister, excuse me, we have Doctor. Garo Chan in the building. How you feeling, man? Hey, man. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I love what you guys are doing here. So I'm really glad to be a part of this. Oh, man. That's that's appreciate you. That's what we really love to hear, man. So, fellas, if y'all if y'all heard me correctly, I said that this man is about to be a soon to be girl dad. So uh, congratulations on that, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Super excited. Can't wait. You know, we've been trying for a while and uh, yeah. things are happening now. And, uh, you, you know, go. we're ready. To, we're ready to take it head on. Good deal. What do you got? No have? nerves yet. I was going to say, without <laughs> yeah. any spoilers, you already pick out a name. We got a name picked out, but that's that's yeah, not that's for the exactly. podcast yeah. yet. No, no, no not spoilers. at all. No, no. no. What, what are you most excited about as far as becoming Man, a, a father? That's a good question. I don't really know. I, I just hear so many wonderful things from all my parents or all my friends who are now fathers, whether they be boys mm-hmm. or for girls i'm just excited to see what that love is like to yeah. be honest with you i love my dog more than i love anybody <laughs> or anything so i can't imagine a love stronger than a stronger love right. than the love i feel for my dog you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to seeing this baby grow and I- seeing you know something i created which is kind of strange yeah <laughs> <laughs> right right it's a beautiful thing man i will let you know that and you learn so much about yourself going through the entire process as well. So that's that's the beautiful part about it. Uh, my, I will tell you this. If you're emotional or not emotional when your child is born and, you know, when your daughter is born and when she's doing things, you're going to feel it kind of pull on your, you know, your heartstrings a little bit, man. So I just want to I just want to, you know, tell that to you just so that you can be prepared. Like, you know, I, I cry like. No, I definitely see myself that. doing that. I'm already concerned about that. Yeah. <laughs> just let it go. Just let it happen, bro. It's all good. <laughs> just wait. Just wait until those teenage years, though. 
fighting off those dudes. Oh, that's what everybody man. says. I don't even think that far ahead. I'm trying uh, to live this moment. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. I like that, man. Um, no, bro, we appreciate you for being here. I mean, especially given your your schedule and you know things are hectic for you. You got a lot that is going on in your life that you're trying to juggle. So, like I said, the four of us, we really appreciate you coming through and chopping it up with us. Oh, like, absolutely. I love stuff like this. Not yeah, a podcast, but, but I like to just chop it up <laughs> with my friends and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the first time I've done one of these, but yeah. uh, hey, I'm glad we can make it happen. Absolutely. So uh, I know that you listened to a couple of previous episodes and you know that we're men's health podcast and uh you know but we discuss a lot of a lot of taboo and forbidden topics through the lens of men and what we do is we share them through our personal experiences and i think having an actual healthcare professional you know on today's episode would be extremely beneficial to help you know promote champion and advocate for overall physical health just to begin with so you know i know the fellas know you you know i've known you for 20 plus years but for our listeners who don't know you, man, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background? You know, just a basic icebreaker type of deal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm a first generation Indian American here in the United States. My parents born in, uh, and raised in India and I was uh, born in New Jersey, raised in the United States. So first generation out here. And, uh, you know, that comes with its own uh, set of challenges and rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, you know, we moved around a lot initially, and then we just called uh, Flint, Michigan, our home, Flint slash Grand Blanc, pretty much right on the, on the corner on the of border, that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, right on the border. So, you know, um, I was just raised with uh, certain type of principles that allowed me to get to where I'm at. And uh, a lot of that goes to where I was raised and who I was raised with. And, uh, you know, that's kind of kind of where it's at in a nutshell. You know, I wasn't ever planning on leaving Michigan, but an opportunity uh, arised and I came to North Carolina and my wife and I fell in love with it. And we just uh, we uh, set up shop in Charlotte. Let's go. Oh, man, it's a beautiful place. I love it. It's the best. Oh, it's a barbecue, too. Oh, right. (laughs) It's amazing. The barbecue is insane. Some of the best pulled pork, pork sandwiches, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got stuff with a moment. Is that is that twisted I, tea? I, got your tongue all right. twisted, man. Fuck yeah, you, Chris. I, yeah. <laughs> I've actually hey, been smoking. I've actually been smoking some meat too myself. So I got a smoker. So you know, I'm trying to be a little southern down here. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, one one question, because I'm 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 the the resident chef cook type person here. Dry rub or wet? I like wet rub when I smoke. Yeah. I like it wet. I like it wet. So essentially what I do, yeah, I guess. Yeah, essentially what we do is uh, it could be dry or wet, but I typically like to spray it with apple cider vinegar halfway through or some apple cider okay. sauce. So regardless of what it is, it ends up being on the, yeah, still on the wetter taste side. Good, yeah, yeah okay. it's amazing. Good. Question two, sweet, spicy, or combo? Uh, spicy all day for me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong with any of them, though. You got to play to the crowd, though. That's what I do. Yeah. You got to play that's, to the crowd. That's the mm-hmm. hardest part. Like most most people are, are the type that they want sweet. They can't handle any type of heat whatsoever. So even even a little bit of black pepper, if you put too much on it, they don't want it. Makes me sad. I love I love heat. At least two of us. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. But no, man, I mean, I've had the pleasure of witnessing you flourish into the, the man that you are today. You know, you 
certainly had your, your your trials and tribulations, but you also reaped a lot of rewards. And your your family is one of the best families that I know personally. Thanks, Adder. Appreciate that. Like, because I didn't have a father growing up, but watching, you know, watching you go under the wing of your father and the tutelage and, and you know, how he raised you and you're very disciplined. You know, that was very important, especially when when trying to equip two men and becoming men. So that's not an easy feat, man. So I, I uh, you know, I just want to give kudos to to, to Mr. Chan. He, he did his thing with y'all, man. Yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> Papa Chan came through, man. He yeah. definitely did. He did a great job raising us for sure. All right. Uh, but no, going going to the, the more professional side of things, how was it that you kind of like walked into or like stumbled upon what it is you're doing? Like, how did you find your passion to decide, hey, you know, you want to be a physician or what is it technically a gastroenterologist? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yep, that's right. Yep. So in a nutshell, I mean, that could be a long story, but, you know, my parents instilled or brought in the idea. They pretty much incepted me. Uh, like the Leo movie of being a physician back in the day. And, you know, I liked the idea. Absolutely. I liked uh, helping people. But as I kept, uh, you know, getting older um, into my high school years, you know, I started to uh, work and volunteer in the healthcare setting that really solidified that I was like, hey, man, this actually might be for me. You know, taking care of patients was uh, very cool at, the, at that age. Uh, I worked for a physical therapy office in Grand Blank, okay. and and uh, I thought that was awesome. So I figured I'd pursue something in medicine, whatever it may be. Um, the other awesome thing about medicine is that it's constantly evolving. It's right. a constant learning process. So there's not a time or a day where you're like, hey, I'm bored doing the same thing over <laughs> yeah. and over. Granted. I'm doing the same thing over and over, but everything changes so dramatically. So you have to mm -hmm. kind of roll with the times, the technology changes. And uh, being a tech guy myself, I really was like, okay, there's another reason that I should go ahead and do this. So dove into that. This is probably the trials and tribulations that Cedric was talking about. Getting into med school is no no joke. I mean, right. that's a challenge. Ears, man. It's a challenge. I didn't get in the first year and, uh, you know, that was tough. It hurt. It definitely hits the ego because you grind and you grind and you grind and then you can't get what in. What are you supposed to like, do with oh, that man. year or, the, or semester or whatever it is until you exactly apply again. exactly? Then you go back to the drawing board and do it again. But once you're in, it's a grind. But at least you're there and your life is made. You know, if you can push through it and you can push through the the four years of med school and then training on top of that, you'll get to what you need to do, and mm -hmm. then. The reason I became a gastroenterologist really is I didn't really know what I wanted to do necessarily. Everything sounds cool. You talk to most med students, they're like, oh, okay, well, I could do this or I could do this. You change it every day. Um, but I like the fact that I do procedures. Uh, I mm -hmm. like that I'm a fact I'm a specialist. Um, yeah. I like that, uh, you know, granted, it's, uh, it's a weird thing in medicine. What you say is that, uh, you know, if you're a specialist, you just know a lot about a little essentially. So hmm. we just know a lot about this one, one organ or organ system, but the GI tract, you know, it involves a lot, you know, we have the liver that we take care of the pancreas, you know, the colon and small intestines, esophagus, hmm. stomach. So you're a specialist, but you're still taking care of a bunch of different things. And, uh, you do procedures, uh, lifestyle is good. Our call can be tough at times, but it's not like a cardiology call where, Ooh. you know, yeah. That, that's that's a demanding you call gotta if be you're doing there. interventions like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah so that's kind of how i ended up here 
but that's what's up. So you're a gastroenterologist. So, so you're dealing with, it sounds like everything from the mouth <laughs> all into the <laughs> anus, right? Yes, he, he yeah, literally exactly. That's exactly right. So <laughs> humans are like donuts <laughs> because technically from your mouth to your anus, that's all one opening. I mean, obviously, you know, oh, my goodness, and stuff like that. So it's like we're human, human this donuts. Guy, he, he, yeah, he went yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> he, he went there. Chris, like, you always got food references, man. Stop eating. Man, <laughs> food, okay. <laughs> Don't judge me. I'm down 35 pounds this, this year. So yeah, that's what's up, Good for man. You. So <laughs> yeah, the G has the best field, though, hands down, in my opinion, and by far and away. For me, it was a perfect fit. So so let me ask you this. If you weren't handling or excuse me, if you didn't go into the field that you're or the specialty that you're in, the discipline that you're in from a medical perspective, what could you see yourself doing? I know you said there was like a huge umbrella of things that really, you know, piqued your interest. But I mean, if you weren't doing the GI, what could you see yourself doing? But I was but I was still in medicine. Yeah. Is there any other specialties or medical disciplines that you had your eye on? You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty narrow minded as far as that's concerned. And the drive I needed is to be uh, focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really think about much else, to be honest with you. So, um, so. I mean, initially it's like, oh, I could do cardiology or surgery. But the way I got to where I am is the fact that I was uh, driven toward a singular goal. Mm-hmm. And there was no backup plan. Yeah. Was there okay. was there a, a certain event that uh, helped drive your goal to where you were now? No, I think a lot of it has to do with the, uh, you know, what Cedric said earlier. Actually, or what he alluded to is that my what my parents uh, instilled that in me, and I just had a goal, and I guess that's just how I was built, and I wanted to get there, and uh, nothing was going to stop me to getting that goal. Obviously, there's some heartaches involved, and it's a challenge. Um, but you know, it worked out. Right, right. I guess I'm kind of lucky too. You know, a lot of people, uh, <laughs> are just as driven as I am and can't get to where we're at. And luck always plays a little bit of a role. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's definitely a part of life. Um, but I mean, you had the building blocks and you, you just kept steady, you know, adding on to it. So, I mean, I think that's, that's a big takeaway. I think for a lot of listeners is that once you, once you have an idea of something you want, don't just don't just give up like keep keep cracking at it doesn't matter if it's a lot or a little i mean you might have setbacks like like you were saying dr chan um, where you didn't get in the first time (laughs) but that didn't stop you you know um so yeah just just make sure that you guys are keep keep pushing forward if it's something that you really want don't take no for an answer 100 100 something illegal yeah (laughs) if she says no it's a no exactly 100 it's amazing how far you can push your mind you know you see all like these bodybuilders and uh, amazing athletes like their mind is set to get to that level mm-hmm. and then uh you could say the same thing about you know just using your brain you can just yeah. push it to such an extent that you can accomplish some things that you know uh you may not be able to had you uh self-doubted yourself granted self-doubt's always in the picture mm-hmm. you know that's something that's natural it's, it comes it comes with the territory I was going to say, and I kind of feel like you need a little bit of self-doubt because that's the roadblock in front of you. And if you can get over that, then it's basically sky's the limit at that point. I mean, I feel like I feel like that the self-doubt keeps people humble. Amen. I think that's that's, yeah, that's where yeah, I think really that's does. the only thing that, that keeps 
humanity, humanity. Because if you don't have that self doubt, mm-hmm. man, the the things, the unethical, unnatural things that you would probably be doing, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's crazy to even try and think about. That at least that that's keeps, my, you, my keeps you in check a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, with all the accomplishments that you have achieved up to this point, you know, the benefits and whatnot, um, at the end of the day, what do you think has troubled you the most, you know, when you come home? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, it's, it's a stressful job in the sense that you're taking care of people's lives. It's, uh, it's very humbling that people are trusting you with like their most private experiences or issues Mm -hmm. like they don't even tell their kids or their spouses this so it's uh you know it's it's something that physicians have this uh, relationship with people that i don't think anybody else has with anybody else in the realm and uh that's that's a humbling thing and it's wonderful but with that also comes with uh a lot of stress you know in the sense that you don't want to miss something on somebody or prescribe the wrong medication or or, you know, it's human nature. Everybody makes mistakes. Oh, did right. I overlook something? Or did I check this lab? Or did I send the prescription correctly? You know, was that spot? That, that, spot? Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of in the back of your mind. Uh, and that's, you know, I think that's always going to be around. I think it depends on the physician. I think you learn to deal with it better. I'm mm-hmm. new still. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not. I'm not even one year out of my own yet. So I'm on, uh, I just finished. I started my job in August. So, you know, it's not far. And, uh, it's, it is something that, uh, you know, takes, definitely takes a little bit of a mental toll. I'm still learning how to deal with that and how to, you know, manage that uh, appropriately. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's definitely the hardest part. It's like, you don't, you don't want to miss something or, uh, misdiagnose somebody or overlook something. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it happens, I guess. So yeah. it just it yeah. comes with the territory. So with that being said, you brought up a good point, how it, um, it kind of takes a mental toll on you. Do you have any mentors or anyone who can, you know, take you under their tutelage and kind of coach you through those type of things? I mean, because you're dealing with, you know, livelihoods day in, day out. You know, I mean, I'm sure that there's constant second guessing yourself and that can be a burden in itself. So, I mean, is there anyone or that who, gives you advice or mentors you through those challenges that you face? Yeah. I mean, if there's like a difficult patient or something like that, as far as a situation, uh, maybe diagnosis or something, I, I have great partners. I can always reach out to them. They will, you know, they'll, they're always there. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I'm ever left alone. I'm not, I never feel mm-hmm. alone, even though, you know, I'm the decision maker. I always have those guys who run things by and I have a good relationship with my attendings, like the people I trained under the last three years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I reach out to them all the time, one or the other, like, Hey, you know, I got this case. Uh, what do you guys think? And uh, this is what I was planning on doing. Would you agree with that? For, for that situation, there's always somebody there as far as, uh, dealing with the mental toll. Um, that's my wife, man. That's where she comes through. <laughs> yeah, She comes through, you know, she's always there for me for that, from that standpoint, building me up and it's like, Hey, you got this, you did all this. So I say, like, all right, cool, cool. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you got that coach right there. Who's giving exactly. you that talk. Exactly. And that's all that you, that's all that we need at the end of the day. I mean, it's not like your, your wife is your biggest supporter and that's, that's key to, towards it all, man. So, um, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us and letting us know what, what troubles you and keeps you up at night. 
you know, day in, day out throughout your career. So, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, I'm I, I hope for myself it gets a little bit easier from that standpoint, <laughs> but you know, it, it is what it is. You know, you got to do the best you can, and that's that's the whole reason we're in this, you know, yeah. in the uh position that we're in is that, that we're, we should be able to deal with this kind of stuff. Definitely, I uh, pr- appreciate you sharing that with the four of us, man. So men typically visit the doctor when it's, our health is already uh, failing us. Uh, why do you think we wait till last minute? Yeah, Justin, I mean, that's a question that comes up a lot and uh, in general in uh, society. And I, I think that's a multifaceted uh, question. You know, I think it's also generational. If you think about baby boomers generation, they yeah. are typically not people who seek physicians helps like typically of course i'm saying and uh you know these are these are strong guys like they're using their hands a lot they're physically strong they're mentally strong so they deal with things longer than they probably should Mm -hmm. so that that's that's one thing other other things that uh you know i think can be counted for women and men uh probably more so for women again this is anecdotally speaking i don't have any literature to support this but um it's just a fear of finding out hey is there something wrong? Like, I don't want to know better, not, not better, not yeah. know, and just keep rolling with it. Yeah, It's like, so, I was going to say, it's like, no news is good news at that point. You know? <laughs> exactly. So that, that's another thing that plays a role. I do see that. I think, uh, you know, millennials and Gen Z, uh, uh, the guys are coming into the doctor. I think they're more aware or of their health. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I haven't pinpointed that yet, but they tend to come into the f- physician more than the older generations, as far as men yeah. are concerned. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I uh, say I know, I know personally, and said can vouch for me on this one because he was there for it. So I appreciate you said hmm. um, when I was having my medical problems, uh, the what was it? Summer of. 2010 yeah yeah 2010 yeah um i was like i'm good i can i can i can tough this out so i laid in bed for the whole day got up at night i was like okay i feel a little bit better yeah turns out because uh somebody told my grandma what was going on she came down on me so i went to the doctors uh and that's when they found a a tumor in my brain so oh geez um, yeah so that was me putting it off and then all of a sudden it's like yeah it was something bad uh and i to, to your point, like, I didn't want to hear any news because I was like, yeah, man, I'm afraid of what it could be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just that's just how it happens, man. I'm glad you went. And I was actually going. I'm glad you said that because that segues into what I was going to say next is that a lot of times the women in the in the household are the ones pushing, yeah. you know, the man to go to that. It's like, oh, my wife, my wife will be mad if I don't tell you this. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, my dad's like, like my mom makes him go, but I mean he's pretty good in, uh, in control of his uh, health. He had uh, a colon cancer, but it was uh, they end up like being able to remove it, so it wasn't too bad. But like okay, basically, if he that. wasn't going, yeah, if he wasn't going, like my mom wasn't on him about it. He would have never found out. They caught it before it was like too late. Right. Well, that's good. I'm glad she was there for that. But we do see that. Definitely see that. Yeah, I gotta admit to you guys, I haven't been to to see my primary care physician in a minute. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. I have to be a little more uh, intentional on, on being on top of that because like Garv, you're about to experience it. You're about to be a father. And 
you know, the, at the end of the day, you're not just living for yourself. You you know, you are going to be living for both your wife and, and your your daughter. So, I mean, I like I said, I need to be very intentional about going going to, to see my physician for my regular checkups because, you know, I, we're not getting any younger. Like things are going to start failing. Right? Yeah. So, you know, when that occurs, I think we kind of want to be proactive and kind of get ahead of that, you know? So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that said, even myself, uh, to be honest with you, I used to go regularly every single year mm-hmm. and I fell off for a good three years. I went this year. I just went like two or three months ago. Finally, mm-hmm. I was like, I got to go, but it had yeah. been three years mm-hmm. uh, just cause you know, you're busy or this yeah. or that. It's always an excuse. And I was nervous. I was like, Oh God, what is, what are my labs going to be like? Everything was good, <laughs> but you know, three years, anything could happen. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause like before that, I mean, it's funny. I haven't been to the doctor in, three years as well, like 2018. And prior to that, it's been a while since I I went because my mother, she had a stroke and this is back in 2015. And it just tore me apart. Like, I don't think anyone has ever has ever witnessed me crying or anything, but I was at, I was at the hospital and I had tears in my eyes and I'm like, you know what? I got to start breaking these generational curses. I have to, you know, I have to be ahead of this of this stuff because I got two little boys and, and a wife who are dependent on me. Like this, this shit's real. Like this shit is real. And I think a lot of men need to need to really wake yeah, up right. and realize that. And I mean, I'm going to say like for me, so I haven't gone the past year and a half. So majority of that though was cause I didn't have health insurance. So uh, growing up, we never, we never had health insurance. Um, I was lucky to go to the do- uh, to the dentist maybe three times uh, before my adult life. Uh, so, like, not really knowing how any of it worked was was definitely difficult for me. But like, once I once I actually had health insurance through uh, work, like, I was going two three times a year just because like never had something like that, so it felt like a luxury to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I, now that I have uh, health insurance again, I can't wait to start doing it once things start actually going back to a bit normal. Because for me, like the the what is it, the tele telehealth or whatever that they do, telehealth, now? yeah, yeah, that that doesn't feel like it's really going to do much. It's like, oh yeah, I could I could tell you what it is, but you can't hear my breathing, you can't hear my heart, yeah, you know, um, you can't really see like the response in my ears and the eyes and all that other stuff. So. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I hear you. Things are uh, things are a little complicated right now, but things are, I think, slowly going to get back to somewhat normal um, here shortly. It looks like. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I just saw the CDC said uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to wear a mask. Yep. In, yeah. Up in indoor That's... settings. What was it? Walmart. Yeah. Oh. Walmart was saying you don't need to wear a mask uh, if you're fully vaccinated as of like a week from now or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the the hard part too is like states might still keep their mandates. Like with Michigan, we've got a basically like a step plan. Like once we get to a certain amount of vaccinations, I think uh, we just hit fifty five yesterday. Fifty five percent of the state, and because of that, people can start returning to work. Um, so you can be at full capacity at work. Sixty uh, percent, I think it's they start opening up a lot of like the the restaurants to full size and stuff like that. And at 70%, all, all mask wearing is, is not needed um, regardless of vaccination, I believe, because at that point we're 
close enough to the low percentage of those who wouldn't have vaccination to, um, you know, get that hurt, the uh, herd immunity without, without causing those, those variances and mutations and stuff to become more deadly. So. Yeah. We live in a wild time right now. I mean, North Carolina (laughs) just said, uh, yeah, no mask for anybody who's vaccinated at any time. Really. I just got an email from my gym that said, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but I think this is an honor system. You know, they're not going to yeah. make you do a vaccine. Yeah, it's like, what do you do? Check it's your like, vaccine passport. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, it is the honor system, but it's a lot of the people that still don't want to take it. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I feel pretty good for myself. I'm vaccinated. My wife's vaccinated. My parents are vaccinated. So, you know, nice. I want uh, yeah, finally. hopefully everybody who can get vaccinated, get vaccinated, but I'm not forcing anybody. If you can't, if you want to get vaccinated, then, you know, that's up to you. No, right. no problem. Question for you. It's more so about like now that we're in like the modern times, what are some best practices that we can do to stay ahead of the curve? I know we talked about actually going in there and getting that yearly check, but do you have any other advice yeah, man. Uh, I do. I think people are making things a little more complicated than they need to be as far as health. I think that, uh, you know, eating in moderation, cutting processed foods, eating out a lot, cooking at home and exercising. I mean, that within itself will take you a long way. If you're not eating, drinking, you know, Coke 10 times a day or five times a day or whatever it may be, and you're drinking water or juice, you know, fresh juice or something like that, that may be better for you. Uh, I don't advocate for any particular kind of diet unless my patients are needing one, you know, as far as, you Mm -hmm. know, they have celiac disease or something like that. But if somebody's looking for like weight loss strategies, I suggest is that they do low carbs, lean proteins and exercise Mm -hmm. and cut the garbage. You know, that's, That's you just cut the garbage. Yeah. You just cut (laughs) the garbage. Yeah. The weight's going to come right off and you'll be healthier for it. Um, you know, plant-based diets, there's so many diets out there. Everything's, you know, maybe better for one person versus the other, but it's not a blanket thing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, so when you go, like, things to get checked up for, like, things to be on your radar, that's kind of what I was kind of referring to a little bit. I know we go in for that yearly checkup, but any other, like, checkups you might want to worry about? Oh, I see what you mean. Um no, I think if you do the yearly checkup and then you stay up on your age okay. appropriate screening, which is what I deal with a lot uh, with colon cancer screening, age appropriate screening is important. So we have new guidelines. Uh, I think this is probably pretty important for the podcast and the listeners out there is yeah. if uh, you're 45 years old, not 50 anymore. If you're 45, you should get a screening colonoscopy to prevent colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Most of the insurance are covering that. And I think they'll have to, uh, because of the recent changes, all the guidelines. And then if somebody has colon cancer, Justin, for you, for example, actually, uh, let's take you. Uh, if you might, if you don't mind me asking, how old was your father when he was diagnosed? So what is he like? 65, I want to say. Yeah, he's like 65. So, yes. Yeah. So they want you to dad, get like, I don't, I don't... Oh, okay. Sorry about that. But regardless, if he was your biological no, dad, no, let's good, just say good. it was. Yeah, yeah. So you would need to be screened at 40. So it's either... 10 years before that age of diagnosis. So say your mom or father was diagnosed with colon cancer at the age of 52 or let's say 48, actually, then you need to be screened at 38. So 10 years before the diagnosis or 40, whatever's earlier. 
And, uh, you know, if you're following up on those age appropriate screening guidelines and, you know, for women, I know we're on a men's podcast, but women, we talk about mammograms, we talk about pap smears. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're, you know, in line with those things, those guidelines are there for a reason. It's going to catch things more times than not before it becomes a problem. That's not for everybody. Of course, some people can have colon cancer when they're 33. Unfortunately, that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't have any guidelines for that. But uh, that's that's one of those things. If you see a problem, you go in type of thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, as daunting as it sounds, I mean, if I got to get my colon checked out, by all means, I'm going to do what I have to do. That's, you know, it might be one uh, get their colon checked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, you're just going to have to. I hate kind of using this phrase, but quote unquote, man up. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 for, the, it's for the better. It's for the better, you know, so, it's yeah. easy. Everybody's worried about it. But uh, honestly, it's the prep. They, that's the hard part is drinking that prep to get mm-hmm. cleared out. But the rest of it's easy. I mean, you're asleep for all of it. Yeah, you're asleep oh, for all of it. Yeah, you're asleep for all of it. Oh, you okay. have to be awake. Man, yeah, yeah I thought so too. I was like, I don't want to do this. No, it's one <laughs> of the, the, I tell all my help. patients. And this is true. It'll be one of the best snaps of your life because the medicine we used to put you to sleep. People wake up like, hey, you're already done. Like, can I get a you know a few more minutes? <laughs> it's okay. And you won't feel a thing. <laughs> oh, so it, wow. it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the idea behind it that frees people is, up, but it's yeah. just really not bad. I think people like to like to speak and, and tell war stories of it all. And that's what kind of get pe- people freaked out. I think if we could kind of stay away yeah. from that, yeah, I, I think more people would be more more open to doing it. I mean, regardless, you should go do it no matter what people say. Like, Yeah, but it's it easier, is. though, if we can get rid of the stigma behind some things. And that's why I like your podcast, you know, talking about men, men health, men's health as well as their mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma behind talking about mental health. I think yeah. things are opening mm-hmm. up a little bit. I think uh, – you know, the generation of athletes nowadays are more open to speaking about it. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, I think that's big because mental health is a serious, serious problem uh, in our generation and the generation below us mm-hmm. and probably throughout, but I think social media and just the way we live now, yeah. uh, it's definitely playing a role. And I do like that. Uh, and I think it's great that the, this generation of athletes are more open to speaking about it and uh talking about mental health because it's becoming a serious problem right. it's probably always been a serious problem but i think things are getting worse in this generation and the generation below this generation being us millennials and the gen z below us mm-hmm. it's just the social media a lot of uh we just have a lot of different pressures than you know that other generations haven't had and i definitely think it's increasing rates of anxiety and depression mm-hmm. uh, across the board which you know, that affects not just your mental health, but it actually does affect your body. We see a lot of patients, or I personally do, that they come in with a lot of GI complaints that are actually um, due to their stress or anxiety and uh, the GI tracks a punching bag. So some people get anxiety, they have problems with diarrhea or abdominal pain, things like that. So, you know, it's all connected. So uh, mental health is huge. um, And it definitely needs to be discussed as far as what we should do to improve our mental health and to be healthier individuals and happier with what we are, where we are versus, Oh, I wish I was like the Joneses or keeping up with the Joneses or mm-hmm. well, what's Kim K up to like stuff like that. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, you know, 
I don't know. Uh, no, it's something I, that I needs to be discussed. On that. Or even, uh, <laughs> you know, not working at a job for 11 years that you don't like and you know, you're just <laughs> dreading your phone going off, feeling like you're exactly. on the yeah. floor every right. night. Right, right. It's, 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 yeah, it's, make... it's hard to say with mental health, we don't get a whole lot of fundage, though. That's the thing. Especially oh, no, I get this country. Yeah, I, I um, agree. But um, getting back, though, especially with, with COVID, what is your your honest opinion? And especially what can you say, uh, or at least how, how would you be able to persuade those that haven't gotten their, their vaccine yet? Yeah, so as far as COVID is concerned, your question is regarding COVID or the vaccination? Uh, to both. To both. Uh, my thoughts on COVID are, it was a... Uh, you know, it was an interesting time. So I'm going to just back up for a second. I just finished a book, an audio book called Great Influenza. Mm -hmm. And this book is about uh, the Spanish flu of 1918 and 1919. Mm -hmm. And the similarities that happened at that time to 100 years later for COVID-19 are impressively similar. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the disease or who it affected. Back then it affected younger individuals like us actually, uh, because we had a better immune response or immune response would cause us to die. Yeah. And the COVID-19 is more affecting more drastically the older population. Aside, aside from that, um, there has been a split between it both ways as far as uh, trusting the population, trusting the news outlets or trusting the information that we're receiving. There was the same problem 100 years ago. Um, unfortunately, I think our information has been difficult to navigate and i understand why people are confused and i understand why people are reservations towards this for that because we haven't gotten a lot of straightforward information having said that this being a new problem things change every day as well so i mean mm -hmm. you get new information every day so maybe one day masks we didn't have enough information to say hey we should do this or and then it changes so you know, things change on a day-to-day -day basis. So mm -hmm. COVID-19 has changed the landscape, I think, tremendously for for us forever. Things yeah. have changed forever. Uh, the way we do things, the way we work, um, I think how conscious we'll be. I mean, we're not going to forget this. I think hopefully we learn from this and uh, are better from it. But seeing as what I saw, what I read about 1919 and 1918, <laughs> And similar things happened 100 years later. You know, history does like to re repeat itself. Hey, shit changed. Um, Amen to that. Yeah, that's yeah true. <laughs> history does repeat itself. As far as the vaccination is concerned, I mean, the new MRA, um, this new MRA technology has been studied for a while. So it's not a new concept. It's just new as far as uh, being used in humans. But anyways, the safety profile is pretty pretty amazing overall. I mean, um, as far as the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, the two-step vaccines, um, they found great benefit from it. I mean, almost hundred percent effective rate as far as preventing severe disease. And I think that's what we need. That's a, that's a take-home point is that it, it, it uh, prevents severe disease, disease that you're going to end up in the hospital on a ventilator, mm. um, overwhelm the healthcare community and, and the healthcare system itself. That's kind of what was powered. That's what it was studied for. Um, the Johnson and Johnson, I don't know as much about it. So I would feel wrong to talk about it. I don't know a lot about it. I just, I know it's a single, single dose vaccine. It's um, still very effective. It's still very effective. Um, mm -hmm. I would advocate to get it, but I'm not 
here to persuade anybody. I don't do that in my practice either, whether it's COVID-19 related or otherwise. I don't, I don't persuade my patients. I tell them the facts yeah, yeah. and I let them make their own informed decision and that they're adults, you know, you're, everybody's an adult at this point, of mm-hmm. course, now we're vaccinating children. So that's a whole different story, but you know, the goal is to get all the facts out there and educate people to make the best decision that they have with the information that they have in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can do. That's all you can do. Um, you know, my wife got vaccinated in uh, pregnancy, but we did wait a while, you know, um, pregnancy mm-hmm. is a whole different ball game for us. Cause they were actually weren't studied in, in the, uh, in the studies, but the more and more data is coming out that it seems to be effective and, uh, you can transmit the antibodies to your infant. So that seems like a win in my, my, uh, Oh yeah. Book. Oh yeah. That's yeah. good. I mean, well, you, I, I'm not going front, man. You just kind of saved me a lot of research. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll be honest I with you, I haven't, this. you know, hey, I haven't thought about getting the vaccine, not because I don't want to, it's just that I haven't really put too much thought into it. I'll be very upfront with you guys about that. And secondly, I mean, with the information that you just provided, now I can make a, a sound decision on what exactly I, I should do moving forward. So appreciate you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem. Definitely uh, going yeah. from Miami. <laughs> okay. The other thing I yeah. want to say about COVID is, uh, you know, the vaccines, you know, I hear people say, oh, why do we still need to wear masks? Or oh, you can still transmit it. So why do you need a vaccine? So the goal, it's a similar to the flu. The goal is, you know, ideally the goal is to prevent it totally hundred percent. Of course, that's, that's what we would want in a perfect, perfect world, but it's not mm-hmm. like that. The goal is to prevent severe disease where you're not overwhelming the healthcare system. Like yeah. for example, Michigan was, and a lot of States, Michigan was tremendously overwhelmed last uh, spring to the yeah. point where they didn't have places to put bodies, which is a problem. So, the, right. and we're running out of mass we're running out of ventilators. I mean, we do have a finite amount of resources and uh, we need to make sure that we can prevent that situation from happening again. Yeah. And in the short term is to get vaccinated. And yes, so there is a chance that you could transmit it or get it, but the risk is extremely low and especially like if you're vaccinated, I'm vaccinated. I mean, we're not going to give it to each other. You know? Right. It's not going to I was just saying to like with, with that, like it's not just about like the burden for the people that contract COVID. It's also, if you think about it, if, if you're, if you're putting too much stress on that, on that healthcare system, you now basically have to take a, a wing for, you know, whatever it is. It could be, you know, for cardiovascular stuff. It could be for, respiratory, whatever it is, they have to take that wing over, allow for more people to come in for the COVID stuff, which means that now a lot of the the surgeries and stuff that people would have had, had to get put off. I mean, you've you've probably seen this as well uh, down in uh, North Carolina, but I mean, I had had a friend who's, I think it was their father, uh, not their mother, Basically, he, he needed to go in and get checked out because uh, he was having some severe issues. Um, it wasn't really like heart attack or anything like that, but like he was having some some health issues that he wanted to get checked out. But his doctor's office and, and that section of the hospital and everything was closed off because it got turned into a COVID wing. So it causes more issues than just 
oh, you have COVID, you're sick, you have to be in the hospital. It also prevents other people from being able to use those facilities in their intended use. So yeah, right. 100% true. I mean, COVID is gonna, it's a long lasting effect. And these COVID deaths, you know, we can label the actual deaths from COVID, but there's uh, long standing implications from this disease, just like what you said, people are late to getting healthcare that they should have had last year, which, you know, say you had rectal bleeding a year ago and then you ignored it or you weren't able, not even ignored it, not even ignored it. Let me take that back. You weren't able to get into a physician because everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get an elective case done because that's, you know, an elective case. Um, and it got delayed and delayed. And then everybody's trying to get back into the physician. And now you can't get an appointment for a few months. And it's just a, you know, downward spiral spiral from that point. And, uh, you know, COVID-19 is going to have a lot of uh, implications long term that mm-hmm. and then I think mental health is going to be another thing. Actually, I listened to a podcast. Uh, it's been about three months ago or something like that. But they talked about, you know, I'm talking about exactly what they talked about. And I thought it was like, super interesting. I thought you guys might like to hear this. But uh, yeah. what they talked about is they talked about these kids who weren't able to go to school for so long and how they were kept at home and how they may be the lost individuals in all this, especially the kids, for example, who go to school for their lunches, for their breakfast, or maybe in an abusive household. And that's like kind of their escape and things like that. It's like, these are the, these are the people that, you know, no one's talking about and you're going to think about it down the line and look back at it. And it's going to be like, I don't know. Did we make the right decision or not? I don't know what the right, right decision is. I'm not saying I know the right decision, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of a no, kind of interesting to it, think about. It makes you think a little bit. I mean, because you you brought up a good point. I mean, some of these kids, they, you know, the school system is their lifeline to an extent. Like they depend on the resources that the school can provide, and, and the school, in essence, is providing them a better life. And when you take that away, and then they are in the 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 toxic environment that they're trying to escape from, it's it's just bad news bears, basically, man. So um, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't um, I didn't even really think of it like that because I mean, my boys, you know, I have two sons, of course, and they were both, you know, when COVID, you know, was at its peak they were homeschooled and it was hundred percent remote, but of course they're living in a, you know, in a loving household where there's no issues. There's no, there's no abuse or anything like that. So food, there's plenty of food, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the fam is not going to starve, you know, (laughs) and the fam is not going to starve. I'm not going to starve. Yeah. We good over here. Um, But that's a, yeah, I, I didn't really, think of it like that i was completely oblivious to that that's uh oh so was i yeah so was i when i heard that my mind exploded i was like oh my goodness like i didn't even think about that no one's talking about that yeah i was like wow yeah my first thought because uh growing up i mean my mom she pretended like we had money um because it was it was uh it was money left from from when my father died because he had a good uh life insurance policy and stuff like that but um we didn't really have that much money growing up. She was pretending like we did. So like for us going to school, like most of the time, like we had reduced lunch, free lunch, uh, basically from when I was in middle school all the way till when I graduated. So, I mean, that was, that was one of the two meals a day that I'd normally have. So. Right. So exactly. I mean, 
and there these kids didn't get it. So I don't know. It's right. kind of interesting to, to think about. I will I will say too, because um, when I when I first started thinking about that, like I said, looking at it, a lot of food banks um, one started opening up and getting more from grocery stores because they're obviously uh, less people going out during certain times. So a lot of like the the food, the perishables were starting to kind of get to that point where they couldn't be sold, but they were still edible and healthy and stuff. So a lot of, a lot of food banks were still open and actually like ramping up. So there were some that were able to kind of stifle some of that. But the hard part I think is um, just getting people to know how to find these resources, connect with these resources and, and utilize them. Um, And I think that that plays a big part into like mental health and everything too. Cause I mean, as someone who never had insurance before, I didn't know what, what the, what I was supposed to do when I, when I went to go get a, a physician, a primary care uh, physician. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know what I'm supposed to talk about with them, how I'm supposed to talk about it with them, like uh, different things like that. And it's not really something that sh- should be taught, so to speak, but it's, it's stuff that we don't really necessarily think of. If, if you never had it, you don't know what you, you know, talk about if it's something that's regular for you, you don't think that it's, it's something that people really need to think about, but, um, but kind of like segueing into, into the whole getting healthcare, um, what kind of advice would you give to people now that we're starting to open back up again and having the opportunity to actually schedule with our physicians? Like what, what advice would you give to people who have reservations about uh, seeing their physician on a regular basis? Cause I know, I mean, we already talked about preventative health and just the overall well-being. Like, how would you, I guess, convince them without kind of twisting their arm to to go and seek that help? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So, you know, we did talk a lot about this. And I think the key here is that uh, the key here is that everybody, every single person in the United States though I know it's hard even healthcare wise because we just don't have enough doctors should establish with a primary care doctor who they see and maybe at our age, maybe once every couple of years, but typically once a year. So you can just get the routine blood work and stay up to date on your age appropriate screening. That is the most important takeaway because that prevents so many problems down the line. So many problems. You can catch, you can catch your, lipid profile being off so hmm. you're at risk for a heart attack then that can be addressed prior to or you know if you have abnormal cells in on your pap smear then that can be addressed before it becomes a problem if you have yeah hypertension <laughs> it's caught before you have a stroke yeah. so all these things you know it's just important to stay with it and that's just to prevent problems on the line because you know if you ignore things for 40, 50 years, 60 years, you're going to be in trouble. Usually not everybody. Some people are lucky. They have some genetics that cause them that they can go till 90 and not have a problem, but that's not most people. Uh, and I think that if you ignore your health for 60 years, then you're playing a lot of catch up at the end and uh, you can't make up for that lost time. Yeah, you're definitely playing a, a very uh, dicey game uh, at that point. Yeah, man. I mean, with the advice that you provided, I feel that I, um, me personally, I need to, I need to get up on that, man. Like, 
<laughs> I mean, because, you know, Justin and I, you know, we're both African-Americans from a health perspective, from a health standpoint, you know, the deck is, is not pretty for us you know it's not yeah, stacking uh, stack in our guys. favor it yeah, it's not no, stacking not. our favor so i mean i want to get ahead of uh the heart disease the high blood pressure the high, uh, you know the high cholesterol the diabetes you know the list goes on and on i mean i'm really trying to break these generational curses like i almost lost my mom to a stroke like that that right there was an yeah. eye opener in itself like um i want to give him kudos too uh i put a random uh pill bottle that i have up and he knew exactly what it was immediately <laughs> called it out i was like oh okay man, this child's <laughs> playing for him and, man well but that's the so that's the funny thing too is that like it's not necessarily something that he would really know about i mean it it definitely plays a part into like the the work that he does but i mean for for that particular uh, medicine, like that was just—I I give you huge props for that, man. Because nah, like, we all should even, even we all most physicians that. don't even know. It's like, <laughs> nah, we should all know that. Yeah, he he answered. He saw that. He answered that. Look at he split. Yeah, like, he didn't even damn. see the full. He saw he the first like, part of both words, and that's it. He's like, uh, got it. Like, <laughs> damn, this dude is on it. Like, come no, on, we man. all know that. Don't give me props for that. <laughs> <laughs> you, was in, you was shooting in the gym, bro. That's all that it is. <laughs> no, no. Um, so we're getting to the to the tail end of the episode. I want to ask you guys this, and uh, I've been asking for the past two episodes. Um, what's your theme song or theme movie album? What have you? What is your theme song album movie of the week? Let's start with Justin. So I'm going to go with This Is How We Do It by Ooh, Montel Jordan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a banger. Yeah. That's definitely a banger. <laughs> Dempsey? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just called uh, Irene Goodnight. Uh, it's for <laughs> anyone that's played uh, Bioshock Infinite. Hell no. I'm a video that? game. <laughs> Game. I mean, it's funny. Like, I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> video game person. I didn't even get the reference. Like, <laughs> listening no video game soundtracks, but okay, that's hey, hey man. <laughs> man, some of the tracks on these video games be bumping hard though. Yeah, yeah that is true. That is true, Chris. So, um, so I'd probably want to say I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go with an artist, okay. um, because there there are quite a few things that I like about it. But uh, I'm gonna say Mast Wolf. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because I mean, when I mean, we've been talking about Miami a lot, and uh, uh, our our friend down there kind of put me on some of his his earlier stuff where he would take oh uh, different artists and mix it, and man, he he was, flames, huh? Yeah. Mm. Um, but I want I want to say the 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 track that I'm going to stick with of his, I'm going to say Vibin. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Said that. Yeah. G Chan. Doctor, right. like, don't all call right, me that. Right. You don't have to call Dr. me that. G. No, you don't have to call me. <laughs> you don't that. have to you call me that. Please, please don't. Uh, you know this is a hard one because right now the J Cole album just came out today, so I've been vibing with that. Oh, you already but, started listening? To that. Oh, of course, I started listening at seven a.m. <laughs> yeah, right. So, the man's in North Carolina. He has to. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, you know, I'm vibing with that album right now. I haven't listened to it all, so I can't use that. But. uh Speaking uh, into what we were talking about earlier, my introduction and how things are going for me in life right now, I got to go with Big Sean Blessings. 
Ooh, okay. 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 Yeah. All is well over here, man. That's what I like to hear, bro. Hey, I'm happy for you. Well, I will say that my album of the week is The Off Season by J. Cole. I've been listening to that all day. I mean, bro, I fucked around and worked out for like two hours longer than I had anticipated because I listened to it like three or four times at the gym. Like, <laughs> Damn. He looked down yeah, and he's already out of his shoes, but he's still yeah, running. Yeah. Like, what's going it's on? It's ridiculous. That first song is oh. ridiculous. Oh my! God. And that Twenty One Savage song, Twenty One Savage snap. Yeah, I, I was like, oh my! Y'all just gotta listen to it. I, I was mean, just saying, yeah, yeah, after, after, episode, after that episode, episode yeah. Man. Can I say? Can I say one thing about Twenty One Savage? Yeah. Yo, I, I saw this dude live. I saw this dude live in uh, Vegas. And we did. We went to a show, and he was. I I wasn't a Twenty One fan. I saw this dude live. I cannot get enough of this guy. He is ridiculous. True performer. He is ridiculous. He's an insane performer. His voice sounds exactly like the album. I can't get enough of that guy anymore. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we have we have too many artists and not enough entertainers and performers. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, you can you can sing it, but you have nothing else to go with it. Like that. I mean, there, there's definitely a different structure to it. I, I was going to say, if you're an artist, you got to be able to, you know, grab the attention of your, your crowd and your audience. So if you can do that, you get this. Like, you're going to have a, a really good performance. You're going to have a really good show if you can, you know, get your crowd into it, if they vibing off of you. So Yeah, 100%. We could talk uh, music. That's all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> invite me to that. Invite me to that one. <laughs> yeah, mine's definitely J. Cole. The off season. I mean, he just basically shitted on everyone's favorite rapper. That might as well be rap album of the year. That's a whole different story. So I digress. My bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, G. Chan, we really appreciate you for for coming uh-huh. through. I wanted to ask you if you know where can our listeners find you should they want to pick your brain seek help or, or resources or learn a little bit more about how to take preemptive measures um towards prolonging their physical health and just health overall man yeah that's that's a good question uh cedric um you know i'm not super active as far as uh, the medicine perspective is is mm-hmm. i mean you can always hit me up on instagram scrubs and fitted hats i love uh, that name wait 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 <laughs> scrubs you, and fitted hats that's just yeah. So <laughs> for, for those that are listening, what was it again, Dr. Chan? Uh, scrubs and fitted hats. Scrubs and fitted hats. Like so that. you guys, you can hit me up there. I'm open there. But, you know, I've been toying with the idea of starting a uh, medical Instagram video slash Facebook video page. Mm. I haven't pulled the trigger. I just don't know if uh, my field will attract that kind of attention. So I haven't I mean, uh, pulled the trigger I, yet because you know. No, no all we'll you see. all you need is just some some uh, loyal followers, man. I mean, well, you I mean, you the, you have four in us, so yeah. I was gonna say the. Well, I mean, I don't have Instagram, so I apologize. Um, but I mean, what I would say is like, even 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 if you take the approach of like, because you were talking about it earlier, trying to destigmatize some of the situations. So kind of like helping people understand and see like you know, Hey, here are the benefits. Here's X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, obviously with, you know, permission from your patients to do like little, little clips of them, like, you know, uh, being lively and stuff like that. Thanking you for the, for the care. I mean, I think that'll go a long way, not just, not just for your business, but just like to, to make people feel more welcomed, inviting and mm-hmm. less, less stressed about. Right. Right. Healthcare. Uh, 
Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll see some, but uh, I haven't pulled the trigger. It's something I've been thinking about for a while, but we'll see. Yeah, still uh, a little but, bit longer, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a great answer for that, Cedric. Okay. Uh, but Instagram, I'm reachable. Um, that's really that's really the only okay. way right now. That's it's all good with me, man. I mean, we could definitely yeah. promote it, bro. I mean, we really appreciate you for coming through and showing. Oh, I had a blast. Thanks stars. for having me. Yeah, yeah man. Awesome. You, you dropped a, a lot. You dropped a lot of gems, man. Like I, I might have to go get this vaccine. Now. I mean, you, <laughs> you convince me without convincing me, without persuading me. So I do appreciate that. Um, and by all means, man, if this this platform here, if you ever want to share any ideas or or spread any information, we would love to have you come back, man. Like this platform is yours. That's what we tell everybody. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank through, you guys. So. I appreciate the hospitality. It was nice to hang out with you guys. It was, it was a nice Friday night. It's a good start to the yeah, weekend, in my yeah. opinion. Yes, Amen uh, to that. Let's go. Yeah, I appreciate it. good we, way to start vibing. Yeah. Why do you think Chris. I picked the song? Why do you think I picked that song? Chris, man. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, we, On that note, I'm logging off, Chris. <laughs> you just, you right, shut right, it right, down, right. bro. You shut yeah. it down. You got to get ready for these dad jokes, man. You got to start playing them off yourself. <laughs> yeah, you do. yeah, yeah. We're going to have to ping pong off of each other when it comes to these dad jokes, man. Because mm-hmm. I'm out oh, yeah. solo dolo, man. Oh, no, yeah. I, gotta, <laughs> I mean, I got to learn from you, bro. That's it, man. I, I can tell you about all about medicine. You need to do a dad <laughs> podcast, man. <laughs> They say it's about hard work. That's all. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's funny because that fits too. <laughs> I would say, I mean, good thing is you don't have boys because, man, they hit like trucks. Yeah. They don't even know that they're hitting hard and they just wind up. Oh, oh really? Uh, that's there's funny. A, there's the wife. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was Brayden's birthday party or something last weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Who got beat the- up? Justin, did you get beat up or no, something? No, it was Chris who got lit oh. up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Justin. Justin didn't make it. Did he, he slept through last week's podcast, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my man was out. He was out. It's five a.m. here right now. I still got to get up and go running. Yeah, that makes sense. Man. That's fair. That's a good reason. It is. Yeah, so, <laughs> you got an excuse for that, so it's all good. Well. No, we appreciate it, man. Thanks again. Hey, we are the Men of the Year, your mama's favorite group of men. Till next time. Peace. Men of the Year. Men of the Year. Men of the Year. Men of the Year.